You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am back with my buddy Mike Sando from ESPN. It's been a great week here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Had a good conversation with Mike Renner yesterday. Sage Rosenfels the day before. Went, ran around, went around the league with the other Locked On hosts on Monday. And tomorrow I will mosey over to my bookie and pick games straight up and against the spread. I urge you to check out the rest of the Locked On Network. You'll get more in-depth detail of your favorite team. Mike, how's it going, man? It is going great. I'm uh, going to be going to the Green Bay-Seattle game. Uh, ah, nice. So we'll talk about it at the end, I'm sure, as we usually right. do for the Thursday nighters. And uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one, too. I actually wrote the game up for Clayton Football. People can get my thoughts on it there. Um, I think the first time you and I talked on this podcast, we talked about your quarterback tier article, which I know is one of the most popular things you write year after year. And you go around the league, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you maybe get, what, 50 opinions from around the league? Something yeah, like we, that? we've been doing 50 the last couple of years, and I think 10 of them were GMs, and 5 of them head coaches, and 10 of them coordinators, and you, you just get a good mix of, it's really a league opinion piece, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you accumulate all the data, uh, take some quotes from all them, and you you put your you put all the quarterbacks, all the prominent quarterbacks, the starters, into yep. tiers, and it goes from one to five, correct? It does, yeah. And basically, a one is Brady or Rogers. You know, occasionally another guy will be in that group. A two is sort of think maybe Matt Ryan. You're kind of a Pro Bowler, but you're not quite on that elite level every week. A three is sort of Andy Dalton, good starter. You're going to make a lot of money. Your team's probably not going to want to replace you, but. You need more help from your defense and run game. A four is kind of you know, Josh McCown, Brock Osweiler, or somebody uh, somewhat hilariously who hasn't, like Pat Mahomes coming into the season, he hasn't played, so we just put him in there until we have something to evaluate. He's obviously better than that. And a five would be like, you know, you shouldn't even be starting. So that's sort of the hierarchy, and and it's really a great way to look at the quarterbacks in the league, because so many of them are in that middle group. But teams spend a lot of time hoping they'll be better than that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm not sure if I suggested this the last time we talked about the quarterback tiers, but because this leads us to the new article. The yeah. Here we are knocking on the door of Thanksgiving, know a lot more about these guys than we did when that came out. And you have a risers and fallers article on ESPN that everyone has to check out. I mean, it's, it'll be more detailed than what we talk about. But the number one riser is Mahomes, which yep. you, you put him in the fourth tier, as you mentioned. Like You don't really know what to do with that guy. I mean, I'm sure league-wide people yeah. were excited about him. I know you and I both were really excited about him. Oh, and yeah. Of course, he's exceeded expectation. I mean, he's the easiest riser ever. I wonder next year if you should have a category just like a holding tank or an incomplete. Well, here's what happened, Matt, is yeah. usually usually... If you haven't played, if you're a rookie, you're not in it, okay? But the problem sure. we had this year was we want to have every team represented. So there was good analysis in there on Mahomes where people said, look, I think he's going to be a two. You know, I think he's a two right now, but through, because he hasn't played, we'll put him in that four. And it creates a little bit of confusion to people like, whoa, yeah. you can't believe it. He's ranked in the fourth tier. But everyone was excited about him. So, yeah, maybe there's a way. Maybe we just put an incomplete. It's, a, it's an unusual situation for, it that, for someone to – usually when you come into the league, you've either never started 
or we know more about you than we than we knew about him. So people were the bottom line is people were excited about him, but because he hadn't played, he was tier slotted lower. And because he's played great, and because he was slotted lower, he's easily the biggest riser. I mean, I think two. Sure. Uh, I went back and repolled five of the fifty people for this piece. Two of them put him in the top tier now. I mean, that's pretty amazing after eight games or whatever, nine games. You put him in the top tier, number one. I mean, that's really that's really saying you love this guy, whether Andy Reid's your coach and have all those weapons or not. Yeah, I mean, that was actually my next question was, clearly he's a massive riser. We don't have to spend much time on him because, I mean, everyone can figure that out. But I was just curious to how, what degree did people say, you know, how he compares to the big boys now? Yeah, well, somebody, one of the guys said, he's Aaron Rodgers with a nicer personality. <laughs> I think that's Aaron. No offense, Aaron. I think you're a great guy, but you know. Sure. We like Aaron's, Pat better. Aaron's like so smart that he's he's always kind of that kind of look. <laughs> Whereas Mahomes just seems a little cheer, cheerier, you know. Uh, he, he's uh, obviously personality is not part of this. But, I mean, that tells you the type of, the ability to throw the ball. I mean, you know, um some guys have that magical risk. You know, I'd say Stafford and Carr have it, but don't play the way, obviously, that Rodgers does or, or Mahomes is now. So people are, you know, at least a couple of the people were ready to put him up on par with those guys. I think that's premature. I mean, I think he's going to hit rough patches in the future at some point, and we need to see how well he manages, the, you know, the, the football and protects the football. Um, but I think one thing that's been overshadowed by how great they are on offense is they haven't been good on defense. And usually no. when you are not good on defense, it puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback to make up for it. And you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have mistakes. You know, there's very few, only those really tier one guys, you know, Breeze or Brady or Rogers have shown over time a consistent ability to put 30 on the scoreboard or at least keep your team in it. You know, even when the Saints had historically bad defense, they never were worse than 7-9 and nine because Drew Brees could spin that football around and keep him at least competitive. And we don't know if Mahomes can do that uh, over time, but, but that aspect, their defense being so poor with such a great record to show for it, is... Really amazing. Think back a few years ago when Atlanta was really bad on defense. They went four and twelve with Matt Ryan, who's a good quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they had what? I mean, I don't know. Can't remember if Julio Jones missed, but you know, it's impressive what Mahomes is doing, even with Andy Reid, even with those weapons, because they have to score a lot of points to win. No, you're 100 percent right. And it's funny you mentioned Breeze because I think I've I know I've said this on these airways, but I don't know if I've said it to you. But any time he's been a saint. And their defense has not been in the bottom five in the league. He takes yeah. them to the playoffs. So, oh yeah, as long as your yep. defense doesn't stink, he's going to get you to the playoffs. And otherwise, he's usually like nine and seven or seven and nine, like you said. Um, yep. Before we progress with the article, I just had a quick question for you. Since we're kind of talking about the tier one guys, did yep. anyone say, "Boy, Breeze now belongs at the absolute top of the list," or "Rivers is now a tier one guy," or? Heaven forbid, Brady or Rodgers is not. Yeah, no, Rivers, basically, uh, the guy, of the five people that I spoke with, um, I think four of them had him as a two coming into the year, and they left him as a two, a, a okay. really good two. One of them had him as a one going into the season, left him as a one. 
One of them, you'll get a few of these, one of them had him as a three because he has thrown a lot of interceptions, not last year, but in, in recent years. That guy bumped him to a two. So Rivers, I think, is, you know, I think what Rivers is doing right now is, and we'll see if they have some playoff success, but he is really enhancing his Hall of Fame resume. Yes. And, you know, as we see Eli Manning, who does have those two Super Bowl MVPs, sort of heading the other direction, can Philip Rivers sustain for a few more years to really gain separation and give himself, put himself in that group? You know, I think he's sort of been between a, a one and a two. He's probably been a one. If he's played 12 years, he's probably been a one five years. He's played to a one level, um, you know, which right there, to me, that separates him. Pretty strong. From, that separates, I mean, can you say that about Eli? You know, no. Sure. So um, I think he is right between those two. Um, they're just a... Yeah, it's a whole other story. They're special teams. I mean, Kyle, if that keeps them out again, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Did anybody doubt Brady? I don't think anybody's doubting Rodgers. No. But, okay. It's not, I don't think no, it's but, time. But Yeah, and I kind of reach a point with these guys to where, like, you almost don't even bring – you know, you don't even almost bring it up. Yeah. You know what, I, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> – it's just – it's premature. Uh, Mahomes' opponent coming up, Jared Goff, is also on the risers list, which – I mean, I think it's another easy one. Although they were the highest scoring offense in the league last year, and he was highly productive, you can tell he's a better football player right now. Yeah, and people wanted to see it again. You know, he yeah. did have a rough rookie season, and and uh, obviously he's sort of the the test case for here's what a quarterback can look like in the worst of circumstances and in the best. You know, he really has had gone from having everything wrong around him to everything right around him, and now. He has played well for two straight years with everything right around him. I think people are, are comfortable kind of putting him in a two. Now, we still need to see what it looks like when it, you know, it doesn't, you know, when it's not going so well. But he, this may be a situation where he and Goff are together for 10 years, just like McCarthy and Rodgers or Brady and McDaniels, you know, for most of that time, uh, Breeze and Peyton. You know, when you, when you have a good guy with the good play caller and make it last for a while, you can... You can stay up there. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, Watson is also on this list, and I think some could argue, but he was better last year than he is this year. I mean, uh, how about my fantasy team? He's not doing as good for as he was last year. But my hunch is it's kind of the golf argument. Well, we've seen more. We're more solid in our grade. Yeah, two two people of the five I talked to moved him up a tier. Everyone else left him the same. So one of those guys had him as a three and thought he'd elevated to a two, shown it. You know, I think when you're injured, people want to see it. Another guy had given him a four. You know, the, the guy who gave him a four is my hardest to please guy. He's like, I was say, I bet there's he, some tough graders. Well, it's like he's a guy who, if I said, hey, how do you, you know, is has Brady fallen off? He'll go into a five-minute lecture on every other time people have written that story, <laughs> yeah. and how, and then he'll tell me, you know, to, to just learn from my mistake, you know. <laughs> but someday uh, it I might mean, happen. Yeah. Someday it might happen. <laughs> yes. So, um, but this guy said, uh, this guy had him watching as a four, just saying, "Hey, not enough information." I mean, we've we we saw him for you know what six starts last year, six seven starts, and we haven't seen him go through a whole season and prove that he can be uh, a year to year starter. So that guy moved him up to a three, but he's just a hard grader. And that's the beauty of talking to 50 people is you're going to get three outliers on each end. You know what I mean? Someone's sure. going to give, someone's going to give 
Russell Wilson uh, one and someone else is going to give him a three. <laughs> you know, so um, you talk to enough of them and you get a you know fairly accurate picture of what the league thinks. I want to take a quick break. There's more here. I'm not just reading the article verbatim, so I urge all of you to check it out on ESPN.com. But I want to take a quick break and come back with the fallers. I actually think they're more interesting. I mean, most of you out there could figure out Mahomes was a riser, but some of these fallers I think are interesting as to why they fell. So we'll be right back. All right, the first one to discuss on the faller list, I think you and I had a pretty good conversation about in the first time we talked, that I was a fan, you didn't like him as much as I did. Um, I don't want to say, I'm not ready to say you were right yet, but Jameis Winston is clearly a faller. He, he is, and I mean, how could he not be? I, I was right. on the... Uh, on the uh, radio uh, yesterday, ESPN radio, and they were asking me, how come you've got Winston projected here as being 3-4? How could he still be a 3? You know, and I gave some answer, but I've had time to think about it now, and here's how, basically. Here's my sort of defense of Winston, um, at, at least in terms of being a viable starter. Now, he is horrific in turning over the football, right? Yes. But So when they drafted him, they're hoping he's a 1. Right, took him number one overall. You're hoping he's a one. So we would all agree he's not that. He's not going to be a one. He he's not going to protect the ball well enough to put it on his shoulders and really be a one. So he's not going to be that. So now they have to make a decision. He's got a twenty million dollar contract next year if they want to keep him. Uh, Is he a is he a three? Because if you're a three, we can win with you. But we got to have better things right. And you say, well, with Winston, isn't everything right? I mean, they got the best weaponry around him. Isn't that what you want to do? Well, not really, because the definition of a three is somebody who uh, you can win with, but you better have a pretty good defense, pretty good run game, and and kind of manage the difficulty of his throws, right? Not ask him to do too much, because if you ask him to do too much, he'll play for the other team. You know, he'll flip over and be on the bad guy's team and throw the ball to them, and we won't be able to win the game. So when you look at Winston, he's been there since 2015. Running game, here's their starting running backs since he's been there. Doug Martin, 32 games. Peyton Barber, 14. Jaquiz Rogers, 9. And Charles Sims, 2. They're 25th in rushing success rate on first down. So they haven't given him a run game to no. sort of take the pressure off, right? And the defense is De- horrible. Defense, we know, is terrible. They're 26th in ESPN's defensive efficiency metrics since drafting them. That's horrible. Now, managing your throws, taking the risk away. You don't want to let a kid play with matches, right? You're gonna you're gonna run into trouble. So what do they do? He's number one in longest air yards per attempt since 2015. Yep. So they're having him throw the longest passes with the worst defense and the worst run game, and 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 wondering why this isn't working. There's 30 that's why I was kind of in favor of him. You know, like yeah. his difficulty throw was high, and he's completing it. And so there's 30 quarterbacks with a thousand pass attempts since he came in the league. There's two of them that have an interception rate above 3%. It's Fitzpatrick, 3.3, and Winston, 3.2. Well, one of these things. Yeah. Right. Right. It all adds up. You're asking them to make difficult throws. So my question as an organization would be, all right, look, do we want to just throw this away and start over with the chance of being worse? Do we want to – is there someone we can draft? Maybe that's the way we go. Hey, this guy's been in trouble off the field. He's kind of been a joker. Let's get him out of here. He's not mature enough. That's defensible. Or do you say, hey, you know what? We tried to give this guy the keys to a Lamborghini, you know, with, with Mike Evans, with Deshaun Jackson, with O.J. Howard. And really what we need is more of an SUV, 
You know what I mean? We exactly, want him to drive right. an SUV. And he's driving a NASCAR in the, in the suburbs. Yes. So how do we how do we get him to do? You know, they basically bought their 16 year old son a Lamborghini, and now they're wondering why he has speeding tickets. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> you and know. you know who your 16 year old son is too. He's got a you little bit of pension for this too. Yes, I mean this guy needed the Subaru, not the, the not the fast Subaru. You know they've got the couple fast ones. I'm talking about like the you know the Forester. He needs a Subaru Forester. Maybe like a <laughs> Volvo. You know that if you do get an accident, nobody gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know that means he's not what they hoped he would be. He's not a one. And if we're going to measure him off of what he should have been a number one overall pick, then hey, cut him. You know, move on. And I mean, they I'm may. Not gonna- yeah. They may never play him again because they don't want to risk paying him $20 million. And I understand that. And if they don't like him as a human being, I understand that. But he's far from done, in my opinion. Like, if I was buying... I would buy Jameis Winston stock left and right at a penny apiece right now because he is not done. Yeah, the off-field stuff does worry me, though. I mean, I yeah. think you need... It's funny, you know, you... you people's people on football teams wonder why the quarterbacks get special treatment, why they make way more money, even when they're not a great player. And the reason usually part of the reason is because they do everything right, right? They show up to the meeting on time. They say they do exactly what the coach wants done. And they're, they're almost an extension of the coaching staff. Well, Jameis Winston is not that he's someone you got to sort of manage as if he's sort of the diva receiver, right? I mean, he's, he's got his own issues and that's, a, that's hard to have as the face of your team. Part of the mix, maybe you draft a guy and give Jameis a chance. And, but I would have a hard time looking at my owner and fan base and saying this is our guy. Yeah, oh, I hear you. And a change of scenery might do him a lot of good. Who knows? Or go sit behind Rivers for a year or whatever. But Andy uh, Reid. I mean, I think Andy oh, Reid would be great for him. Put him behind Patrick Mahomes and let Andy Reid try to coach him. Trade yeah. him for, then then they trade him for a three or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, even if he was in Jacksonville last year and just run the ball, play defense. I mean, I know that's not who he is, though. He doesn't want to be – he doesn't want to drive the dump truck. No, no, that's right. It's sort of his nature. That was the knock on him coming out. So, you know, can he, can he ride this out long enough to mature enough to come out the other side? You know, um, I covered Ryan Leaf when he was in college and coming to the pros. And if he could have, if he could have somehow, you know, he ended up getting hurting his wrist. But if he could have, if he could have hung around long enough to grow up and, and, you know, look, that would probably would have been until he was 40 years old, the way his life actually turned out. And I would, I mean, I know him, I would say that to him. He would acknowledge that, but (laughs) there was talent there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he could have grown up, you could have seen it. Can Jameis Winston do that? And are you willing to risk that if you're a GM who's who might only get one or two shots at doing this? You mentioned Eli Manning earlier. Obviously, he's a faller. Maybe it's the last we see of him, and he rides off in the sunset. I do think his circumstances are really bad, but he's definitely a faller. Derek Carr is another obvious faller. But in, I, I'm not defending him as much as I would Winston, but... Everyone in the world knew that he didn't like dealing with pressure coming out of school, and he's always under pressure, and he's in a new system, but he kind of looks a little bit like a broken man, too. Like, if he throws another one away on fourth down with a game on the line, I'm going to lose my mind. And my true false question to you to start this conversation is, is Derek Carr the Raiders' opening day starting quarterback next year? I kind of think not. You know, uh, to me, this just feels like 
you know, and the thing is, it's come off the rails enough to where it's easier for John Gruden to make that decision. You know, to make right, the decision right. if Carr, Justified if they now. were, a, if they were a five hundred team and Carr, you know, and half the league still thought Carr was a two, then it's harder to do. But I, it, but I think, you know, they're in such a shambles now. They're clearly gearing towards uh, Vegas in a couple years. This is sort of the time to do it and make your decision on a, a quarter. They're going to pick high enough. They're probably going to pick one or two. So, and they've got all these picks. So, you know, if John Gruden likes the quarterback from Oregon or, you know, it's one of those guys, this is your chance to do it. And you could probably, you could probably trade Carr. Oh, you I think could, you get quite a bit for him. Yeah, I was, in fact, yeah, you could probably, we, you could, you think you could get the Alex Smith trade from San Francisco to Kansas City two twos? Is that what you get for him or? What do you, what, what I think it? he's more valuable right now than Alex Smith was a year ago because of age and yeah, I'm skill talking about the, the 49ers traded him to the. Oh, to I'm the, sorry. I thought you meant the Chiefs. Chiefs. For two, I think they got two twos. You know, would you? I think a lot of teams would do two twos for him. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking like, if I'm the Giants, I can't give you the early one. If I'm the Jags, would I give you the late one or middle one? It's not that late. What am I talking about? Probably not. But either one of those teams, I'll give you this year's two and next year two. Yeah. Yeah, you do something like that, maybe even get a pip, pick back or, you know, whatever. Send them a young player. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could do you could you could do that. So, um heck, they could they could draft a quarterback and keep Carr for another year. <laughs> I don't think they would, but uh, you know, I, bottom line is I don't think that I'm not seeing this as the marriage that John Gruden wants to commit to forever. Yeah, and I keep thinking and I don't have the name but I wonder if Gruden could find his Brad Johnson, Rich Gannon off the scrap heap, older dude, and then use one of those second-round picks on a quarterback. You know, because it doesn't look like it's necessary. I mean, it, does he really want to get a first-round pick and dig into him and start from scratch? Or I wonder if there's a great veteran name out there that we're not thinking about that would really... Does he, yeah, does he think he could tame Jameis Winston? See, I don't think that's the right fit either. I mean, I'm thinking a Gannon, a Johnson, a... Somebody that'll listen. <laughs> yeah, somebody. It, it's hard to the state of the backup position in the league though is not like that. You know, there's no. not a there's not a Matt Hasselbeck or you know someone who's been a good starter who's now uh, in the background somewhere. You know, it, yeah, I don't have the name. It, you know, Alex Smith could have been that type of guy, right? I mean, just yeah. you know, somebody like that does. You know, it's probably not Flacco. What if Flacco were to pop free? Um, is, is that sort of the hey? Super Bowl champion could he could it be that way? I mean, he doesn't. He's not fiery like Gannon, you know. Right. <laughs> the opposite of that. I'm just. I don't like you know. that mix either, and I do think Flacco will pop free. Yeah, yeah. So I like the idea in theory. I'm just not a hundred percent sure who it would be. I don't think Andy Dalton's going anywhere. Probably, you know, I would think they would keep him. I would think another year, maybe draft a second rounder or something there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the name, but I could see him be saying, "Boy, I want that thirty-year-old that I can trust that's seen the league a lot." Yeah, um, absolutely. The last portion of this article, which is really, really good, is quarterbacks of interest. Um, I want to get to some other things, so I'm going to skip that. But I want everyone to check it out. One of them on here is Andrew Luck, who, to me, if we have this conversation a year from now, has a chance to be number one overall. Wow! I, mean, is... I think he's still that super prospect. You know, you're talking about number one in the quarterback tiers, that he'd be the top guy. Yeah, and maybe I'll take a small step back and say he's a clear tier one guy, where there's only two well, or three of them in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Yep, and he before his injury, I think he had enough tier one votes that he came in. He's he's been in tier one before. You know, when when they were going to the playoffs with mm-hmm. nothing around him, pre-injury. So yeah, I agree that I he will be a one. He'll be a one next year. I am I am interested to see how the second half plays out, just to see if there's any you know change in the perception of uh, you know Brady or Rogers by the end of the year. Um, Brady you, is the one sort of to watch just because he's older. You know, are people gonna no, I don't think people are going to give him a two, but I mean, would you would you sense that he's come think, down at all? I think it's possible. I also think it's possible they come out of the bye and he looks like the best player in the world. I went so last night. I went in and watched all their third down plays from the Tennessee game, just to see like is he just looking terrible? And man, the first one's a forty-four yard drop in the bucket way down the field. Second one's third and long. He puts it right on the money. The guy drops it, you know? So there's a couple others yeah. where there's quick pressure and he takes a sack. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I think there's a baseline level of weaponry for all these guys. And it used to be for Brady that if he was missing Gronk, then his production really fell off. And then if he was, then it became Gronk. Yeah, it had to be Gronk and Edelman both out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He would would look really bad um so if you look at the guys he's throwing to in this last game it's probably part of it oh absolutely (laughs) and even when gronk was on the field he was a gronk earlier he's not gronk anymore yeah he's not gronk anymore so um that's something to you know i think when all's said and done one of the things i hear about brady people say is man can you imagine if they got him a number one receiver you know you you think of what happened when he had that when he had randy moss Moss. for one year he set the records Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. and I don't think he, anyone he didn't have Harrison and Wayne and I don't think anyone is saying hey if you could start your team and you can pick a wide receiver no one's saying Edelman right right or I'm Welker or Amendola or, or any or, uh, yeah, right. and it's sort of the beauty of the Patriot way you know they haven't gotten upside down from a cap standpoint or anointing guys you know at various positions they've been true and disciplined to their way but a lot of talents left that building, and Tom Brady has not had, for the most part, great receivers other than, you know, Gronk when he's healthy. That's for sure, you know, a huge difference maker. Talk about supporting cast. We're going to see two of the absolute best uh, in L.A. now, not Mexican, Mexico City. We're going to take a real quick break, and I'm going to break that, that game down briefly with Mike, and I also want to talk about the Thursday nighter a little bit, too. It's a good one. We'll be right back. All right, all right. We got... Chiefs Rams moving from Mexico City to LA, which I'm happy about. I mean, if the, if the field was crappy, that really would slow this game down. I think the altitude already was, you know, a factor. And if I'm the Chiefs, I might rather play in LA than I would in Mexico City. Well, I was. It's funny. I I think that both venues provide a chance for there to be a lot of people wearing Chiefs red. You know, the, <laughs> yes. the, the, the Mexico trip, I mean, people, I feel so terrible for, for people who, you know, planned a vacation around it, you know, spot yeah. non-refundable tickets. I mean, that's just a nightmare, you know, really tough. I got to go to the game in Mexico City last year, the Raider Texan game. I mean, it's, it's cool, man. The stadium was packed. It was fun. It'd be great to go to Mexico City right now, especially if you're a northerner like us. You're like, I'll spend yeah, a long it, weekend there. And on, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So on Sunday before the game, we're trying to find, usually uh, when I, I would travel with Monday Night Football, I was doing that at the time, and we would have all of the games in a hotel ballroom on eight different TVs. And so, you know, whoever would be Gruden or Tarico or McDonough, all the, whoever's doing, you know, on the crew and, and 
Jerry Austin, we would sit there and watch these games in the room. Well, in Mexico, we didn't have the logistics, so we had to go try to find a sports bar in uh, Mexico City. So we're calling, and, and you know, there we don't speak good enough Spanish. It was hard. We had the hotel working on it, and everyone's showing soccer. The the one place, there's one place in Mexico City you can watch all the games. It was a Hooters. Oh wow! So, <laughs> so you get a picture. We're going to Hooters, and we don't know what we're going to encounter. You know what we encountered? Like hundred, I don't know, dozens of American fans NFL in fans. their jerseys, and okay. it wasn't just Texans Raiders. It was whatever team. It was a party. These people had all come down. That's the one spot. Yeah, to to go hang out in Mexico City. And that was one spot where you could get all the games. You know, uh, you can't get a more American restaurant, right? Right, right. Uh, And so we had all the games on there, and these fans were totally into it. It was just a fun day of watching the games. And so I feel bad for those guys. For the players, this is just a little bit of a sigh of relief. You know, you're, you're not dealing with the unknown um, it's probably less of a hassle for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just go to LA, it's an e- easy flight. You probably, if your family wants to go to the game, there's probably plenty of seats available. It's a huge place, you know? So, um, for those guys, it's probably better. I'm sitting here thinking I should get in touch with somebody at TGI Fridays and be like, Hey, you guys should build something right by the Hooters or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's a big market there and somebody's got a monopoly on it. Some other... Yeah. Very American restaurant needs to move in with all the TVs. Yeah. Uh, who do you like in the game? Uh, to me, the thing that sets the Rams apart and why I'm going to pick them is getting Donald blocked up the middle. See, I'm leaning towards Kansas City. Right. I could be biased from it. I went down there and watched. I, I see. I watched the Rams. I was at the Rams Seattle game when Seattle rushed for 260 yards or something. I just, I just am not a hundred percent convinced that that defense is going to play even better than Kansas City's. So you take, take, you take away Cooper Cup. Now, we'll say this. I think the Rams have been more proven this year. You know, I think the Rams have, you know, played some better teams and, you know, beaten the Vikings. I just give Kansas City a, a, a better chance. You know, if I had to bet everything on it, you'd probably take the home team and play the percentages. But I like Kansas City's chances in the game. I think they have better weaponry. One aspect of the game, I'm going to really break it down tomorrow, but one thing I think that people should realize, great special teams possibilities in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I love our efficiency metrics and just wish they were easier to understand, but Kansas City is number one in the league in that, um, and has been. And the Rams have been good in that in the past. They're, I think they're down in the 20s. So that's definitely an area um, where the Rams have usually been strong. I think they still can be strong in any given game, but... They've come up on the short end of that a little bit this year, and the Chiefs have just been stellar. So I do think that is an area to watch. Yeah, I don't watch special teams tape. I, I honestly, I just cheat and I use Football Outsiders metrics to see who's good and who's yep. bad. And Kansas City is the best grade they've ever given out, given out in special teams this year. Yeah, I yep. mean, it's, it's a big deal. Something? Yeah, crazy. Um, how about tonight? Tonight. I think Seattle's a tough place to play. I'm really looking forward to both quarterbacks, but. Short week on the road, you know, I'm sitting here thinking of you a week ago, boy, Carolina's going to give Pittsburgh all they got. I just think short week on the road in a difficult venue is a lot to ask. Do you know that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, whoever loses this game will be 500 as a starter since the start of last year? 
I guess that makes sense. <laughs> wow. Um, I also think whoever loses this game is probably out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was fun- it's funny. Uh, uh, Mina Kimes texted me this morning, and we were talking about uh, talking about the this game and the percentages of you know what happens, who wins and loses, and your playoff chances. And we looked it up. I guess New York Times has a has a page where you can do that, and it was it was like amazing difference in playoff percentages based on who wins or loses this game. The way I did it, Seattle needs to win this one and beat Carolina because because they I believe they have Kansas City and Minnesota down the, the road. So if you mm-hmm. if you lose those games, they have to win these next two. I mean, I think they really blew it out of the gates. If they could play Denver again, they lost to Denver started the year. If they could play Denver again, they'd like their chances. Um, but that that one got away from them. They they lost at home to the Chargers, lost a really close one to the Rams, two really close ones to the Rams. I mean, their margin for error is gone. So I think right. they're done. If they lose this game at home, I think they're done for the playoffs. Um, you know, it can still be a 500 team, but I think that's it. And the, the Packers are so interesting because of all the rumblings about McCarthy and the, his relationship with Rodgers and could there be a change. This is a sort of game that, you know, they're playing a murderer's row, too. I mean, look at their schedule. Um, the Rams are, frankly, too. But this is, this is, you know, a nationally televised game. If it were to get sideways and they were to lose bad, I mean, and then have 10 ga- days to talk about it, I don't think there, there's not going to be any changes. But um, it could be the straw. It, you know, that breaks it the feel, back, Yeah, know? it feels different there. I remember in a couple of their recent games, they, you know, they lose the game and they trade Clinton Dix or they cut Ty Montgomery. I mean, those are sort of different moves, a different feel around that team. I wonder if both these teams have a new head coach next year. Well, I keep seeing, um, you know, people talk about Carroll and, you know, uh, Bill Barnwell had a good piece today on just ranking the 10, you know, places that could open. And he listed he listed the Seahawks on it, and I, I guess I get it, but I haven't. I mean, I think I don't think Carroll. I don't think there's anything else Pete Carroll wants to do. I mean, would they? I think he's doing a really good job this year. I think he's done a really good job. I don't. <laughs> right. I, don't I mean, they're not going to fire him, right? I mean, he's. I think they'd be six and ten with their roster. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think they're. I think they're going to be eight and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think that's just sort of what they're going to be, and you can see they've sort of got some young players, you know, coming up, right? I mean, they've got three running backs this year who've had a hundred yard game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there's I mean, some young they, defenders that nobody knows that are good players. They paid Tyler Lockett. That looks smart, right? I mean, their mm-hmm. receiving group needs to mature, and Will Disley was a home run tight end until he got hurt. They have um, an offensive they, line now. They're they offensive yeah, line right, right. better. I mean, to me, if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm like, sign me up. I want more of this. On defense, Trey Flowers looks like he's going to be good. They, they need another pass rusher, you know? But that's a they, great draft for it. Yeah, they need another linebacker. You know, they you know keep bolstering at the safety position. But the things they need are not like things you can't find. They don't need a left you know? tackle and a quarterback and a number one corner. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. not the Raiders. I mean, it's not. There's many teams worse off, and if this is their it, version of a rebuild, that's pretty. That's pretty smooth sailing. I would say, you know, seven out of ten personnel evaluators thought the glass was half empty before the season. Me too. I bet you half of them think it's half full right now. Agree. And I, yeah. and Pete definitely thinks it's half full. You know, I mean. Uh, He's kicking himself because he thinks that he blew the first two games because they didn't have their offensive identity set exactly how they wanted to do it, and I kind of believe him. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think they've, I think they've hit a little bit of. A, I think that he knows how he wants to win the game and thinks he can with this team and wants to see it out. So uh, now, what's interesting is 
know, it's well known that, and you hear this all the time, that uh, Mike McCartney, uh, Mike, Mike uh, McCarthy is, you know, has ties to the Seahawks front office. So if he were to pop free and Carol were to retire, a lot of people connect those dots between John Schneider and, and uh, hmm. you know, to put those two together. So McCart with McCarthy. So that's highly speculative. We have no idea uh, half of these are going to open. I mean, Green Bay and Seattle could both stay the course. To, to answer your question on Seattle, I don't necessarily see them in that group uh, of a team that's going to be looking for a new head coach. No, I think it's much more likely the Packers are, are one, and I could probably come up with five, six, seven teams. I'm, I'm going to read Bill's column, but uh, I, if, they, if they're one of the ten, they're probably ninth or tenth most likely, I would say. Yeah, just uh, to me, Pete, what's Pete going to do? Retire? Are you kidding me? I mean... <laughs> This guy, this guy is a young 67, right? Right. He's got a couple more years as the head coach to me. I mean, he can probably go to 70. Well, I think it's going to be a good one tonight. I kind of look at Cowboys-Falcons almost as an elimination game, too, in the NFC. Who do you got? And then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, in the Cowboy-Falcon game? No, in, in Packers-Seahawks. I didn't think you made oh, Packer, it. Oh, Packers-Seahawks. Um, I will to go with Seattle at home, but I think that both teams should be nervous. You know, I, I, yeah. think it's, I think it's a tough game for both of them. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a really good one, too, and a fun one. Um, that's a wrap. I need everyone to check out Mike's QB article. There was much more than we delved into. We could have talked for hours just on that. I'm sure we could have talked an hour just on coaching changes. Could have talked an hour on Rams Chiefs, but we are going to let him go. He's a busy man. Please check him out on Twitter as well. You're at Sando ESPN, right? That's correct. All right. All right. I'm at Williamson NFL. That's a wrap. I will pick games tomorrow over and out.